welcome to another episode of the Negative Positives Podcast. And now, coming to you live out of the Gutter Man Cave in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. He likes his bourbon almost as much as he likes his Pentax. It's your host, Mike Gutterman. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 264. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave in Louisville, Kentucky for the Friday morning episode. And I gotta admit, this one completely snuck up on me. It was supposed to be Andre doing this show and I forgot to ask him to do it and let him know what the Colin camera view was. And I was just having a conversation with Mike Williams on Instagram. And he's like, hey, uh, are you doing the, the solo show this week? And I was like, oh shit, I completely forgot about the solo show. And I've completely forgot to uh, hit up Andre. <laughs> And I completely forgot to make this happen. I, to be completely honest, I've been so kind of uh, this week, kind of like, kind of really deep into uh, preparing for my upcoming art show that I just, com- it just completely escaped my mind. So this little conversation with Mike Williams uh, <laughs> on Instagram reminded me, oh, it's Friday morning. We're supposed to be putting out an episode. So this is going to be a super short episode. Uh, I just got an email to read and a call and camera view, and I'll wrap it up with something else. But I got to get out of here quick. It's almost six in the morning already before I realize this. And uh, yeah, I got to get to bed soon. So, so, but you know what? The show must go on, right? So, all right. So let's get to an email. This comes from uh, Mike Kukavica, and he says, uh, "Hi, Mike." In one of the recent episodes, you mentioned John Gregory's podcast, "A Light in the Dark." So I went and looked it up. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Earlier this year, I set up a dark room. Well, it's dark enough, although definitely not streamlined, and have been working in there as much as I possibly can. It sure has been a big learning curve for sure. One thing I've learned through this process is that for the most part, the internet isn't all that helpful in terms of printing in the dark room. For example, try finding information about or reviews of enlarger lenses. All I can find are pretty unhelpful, subjective comments on the forums. In the end, I am happy with the lenses I got, but the point is, I believe it's important to have someone experienced to talk to and ask questions of. Seems like John might be just the guy. Alas, I'm about a year late to his podcast. Do you know if he has any interest in making any more episodes? Sincerely, Mike Kukavica. You can see him on Instagram at drunk underscore darkroom. I love that Instagram handle, by the way. (laughs) Drunk underscore darkroom. Um... So, yes, I did reach out to Mike uh, and answer him, and I reached out to John Gregory, uh, who lives here in Louisville. Uh, He's another Louisvillian, and uh, uh, told him that Mike was uh, asking about his podcast. And uh, uh, it appears that John does have one or two uh, podcast episodes kind of in... getting close to release uh that he's working on uh he's been real busy lately uh with some work issues and stuff so uh he's been uh, a little bit behind on putting out new podcast episodes but uh a light in the dark podcast does very much still live and uh, uh hopefully we'll see something new from john once he gets a a little bit a uh, little bit of breathing space with what's going on with his work and all that but uh it's good to hear that he uh does continue uh does want to continue that podcast because i think a, a good darkroom podcast is definitely needed uh, and I agree like when I started trying to assemble pieces uh, for a darkroom and I don't quite have all the pieces you know looking up little things like in larger lenses it's extremely confusing like 
I had a real hard time with it. And uh, I actually shot John some, uh, some messages uh, to kind of figure out what the hell I'm buying, what do I need to buy, and uh, it, it is kind of surprising. As much information as you can get on the, inter the interwebs, how little uh, information is out there really to kind of help darkroom, uh, people new to darkroom printing. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it's be, um, be on the lookout for some new episodes from John soon for the Light in the Dark podcast. And thank you very much, uh, Mike Kukavica, for the email. All right, as I said, this is going to be a, a quick hitter. It's going to be like an old school negative positives podcast, like maybe like 15 minutes for once, right? So, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, since I've just now, I'm kind of wrapping my head around what I'm trying to do on this episode. I'm going to take a break and then I'll come back with a call and camera view. So we'll be right back, folks. Alright folks, we're back from the break and I'm going to get to a call and camera review. And this is another one from Jason Konopinski, uh, who's now in like the ultra low ISO club podcast, which uh, I still haven't downloaded and listened to yet because it's not on iTunes yet, but it should be soon, I would I would assume. Uh, I'm waiting to, uh, to check out that podcast with uh, Jason and uh, uh, Michael Bartasek and Ed Conde. Uh, so yeah, that's a new podcast you should check out uh, that Jason's involved with. And uh, but let's get to Jason's uh, Colin camera review. This one's for the Canon P. So let's listen to what he says about that. Hey, Mike and Andre, it's Jason Konopinski with another Colin camera review. So I feel like I'm like breaking a fast. I uh, it's been six months since my last Colin camera review with the Petrie Color Thirty Five, and here I am recording not one, but two, but three camera reviews in the same day. Um, this one with the Canon P. Um, if you all know me from the Facebook group and my Instagram at Grain Matter Photos, you'll know that I am unabashedly a rangefinder guy. I absolutely love the rangefinder experience. Um, it really suits the way that I see and interact with the world around me um, with really clean framing and allowing me to uh, capture interesting compositions, to find interesting photographs without getting lost in depth of field and uh, split prism focusing that you'd find in, in an SLR. So absolutely love the rangefinder. But here's the Canon P. Um, for me, the Canon P is, it is just the perfect rangefinder for me. Um, has absolutely beautiful, bright frame lines with a 35, a 50 and a hundred millimeter focal length embedded frame lines in the viewfinder. They're bright, they're beautiful, they're so easy to compose with, and they bleed off the edge, so especially in the 35. And so what that means for me when I take shots with the rangefinder is that I am allowing the composition to come into frame. And the fact that I can see beyond the 35 millimeter frame line, um, just a bit in the viewfinder allows me to wait um, for that moment to capture the image that I've, I've pre-envisioned when I'm shooting, doing street photography. As you know, I'm, I'm primarily a, a street and, um, 
documentary style photographer. And so for me, the, uh, the rangefinder is just ideal to that. So a little bit about this particular camera. I'm looking at, I'm holding it in my hands right now, looking at the top plate. Um, couple of things that, that for me, why the Canon P, um, and eventually the Canon 7 and the Canon 7S are the, really the high point in design for the rangefinder format as it came from Canon. Um, so Canon with the, uh, I guess starting with the VT, um, kind of mid to late 50s, early 60s models, um, stepped away from the removable bottom plate, um, the Leica style um, loading system. Sorry for that pause. I had a bit of a brain fart. Um, moved away from that bottom plate. You know, where you remove the bottom plate, you'd have that secondary spool, and sometimes you'd have to cut the leader. So if you shot with an old Leica, say like a Leica um, 3, um, you're familiar with that particular style. But with the, with the Canon P, um, they brought in a couple of innovations that I think are really, really interesting and make this camera an absolute delight to use. For one, it has the uh, an opening back plate. So for the for an SLR shooter, um, and most 35 millimeter um, film cameras, that opening back plate is the the way that we've come to understand that that's how film is loaded and that's how we um, open up the back of the camera and get it loaded. So it has that. Um, as um, if you open up the back of the camera, um, one thing to note about the Canon P is the Canon P had a, a stainless steel, I'm sorry, not a stainless steel, had a metal, um, shutter curtain. Um, and what would often happen, um, is people who are loading perhaps, um, a, a little indelicately, um, might press a thumb onto the shutter curtain and wrinkle it. So a lot of, of these late model uh, Canon rangefinders um, had that metal shutter curtain and it would occasionally wrinkle. Know that it is purely a cosmetic problem. Um, it doesn't actually affect the usage of the camera at all. Um, shutter speeds will be accurate and all of that. So you'll have really wonderful exposures. But there is one thing to be aware of. I'm really lucky that my copy of the Canon P um, does not have that. Um, doesn't have that particular issue. And so looking at the top plate of the camera, um, another thing to, uh, to call attention to is Canon, um, for a really long time with, with the rangefinders was really, um, just cloning Leicas. And I think with the P they, they managed to step away from a lot of that, um, a lot of that trend and really introduce some innovations of their own to really stand on their own two feet. One of which was the rewind knob. It is a, it's a recessed knob, has a really nice clean ratcheting system, you know, so you'd, you need to flip it up and then, you know, can crank the, um, the, the film rewind to bring it back. Um, shutter speeds as well. It's a, it's a rotary dial similar to an SLR. Um, ranging in shutter speeds from uh, the slowest being a second all the way up to a thousandth of a second plus bulb. Um, I believe this camera, um, the sync speed is about one sixtieth of a second. Don't absolutely quote me on that. I'm not sure. I'm kind of doing this from memory. Um, also looking at the top plate of the camera has a really nice, very ergonomic, um, a rapid film advance lever um, that's really nice and smooth to work. It re really works nicely to advance. Um, and a frame conder on the top. 
And then looking at the front of the camera, um, the, the rangefinder patch, there's actually a small screw to the right of the rangefinder window. Um, the, the viewfinder window, that that screw it is how you would adjust uh, the, the rangefinder mechanism. And then looking through the, uh, the viewfinder, there's a really bright, um, exceptionally bright, actually, rangefinder patch um, that, that you know, I think the Canon P and the, really stands uh, out on this is that as the combination of a really bright, clear, very accurate rangefinder patch in the middle of the viewfinder window um, and those super bright frame lines to, uh, to compose nice and easily. Um, this, the Canon P also does have a hot shoe. Um, so that you can attach a, a, a electronic flash, um, and it would um, sync, you know, as as uh, as designated. And then um, one small thing to call also to call attention to is if you have you know find a copy of the um, any Canon rangefinder really that the rangefinder patch might be a little low contrast and a little dim. Um, a real nice trick to do to bump up the contrast and make the rangefinder patch a bit more usable and visible, it's particularly in bright light, is to put a small blue filter um, over the rangefinder mechanism on the front part of the camera, and that will increase the contrast and make it a bit more easy to use. Um, typical lens for me on this camera, um, I'm a big fan of the 35 millimeter focal length. This uh, takes a Leica thread mount LTM lenses, and I most often have the 35 1.8 attached. Um, lenses are a 40 and a half millimeter um, thread mount. Um, so if you want to, you know, you can find uh, inexpensive vented hoods, which I think adds a lot of adds a nice aesthetic touch, um, not a whole lot of functionality, but does protect the lens. Um, if you have a vented lens hood on there, um, the 35 millimeter, at least the, uh, the, the Serenar 1.8, um, does fall off in the corners when shot wide open. Um, so that's something to be aware of. That's if that's your thing. Um, I think that's really about it for this review. It, it happens to be one of my favorite rangefinder cameras, really easy to use. Um, one thing I do wish that it had that the 7 and the 7S introduced was a, um, a shutter release lock. Um, and I have gotten myself into the habit of after firing a frame to not advance um, to the next frame if I'm going to be stowing the camera for a short time um, because that will prevent accidental bumps and from it um, from it releasing standard um, threaded shutter release button and so I've actually added a soft release I think adds a adds a nice aesthetic touch and actually makes it um, just a real joy to use I really do love this camera so Hope you all are having a fantastic week. Get out there and shoot more film. Well, thank you, Jason Konopinski, for the call-in for the Canon P. If you want to send us a call-in camera view or anything you want to talk about in your film world, whether it be a mistake or a developing process or anything you want to talk about in your film universe, uh, you can send us a call-in camera view. Just grab your smarty phone, use your voice recording app on your smarty phone, and send us the file to negpositives at gmail.com, and we will put it in the queue to get on the air. I think we have three or four call-ins left, maybe, so we're getting a little low. Just letting you guys know. Getting a little low, letting you guys know. All right, so let's take... Uh, 
one more break and I'll figure out how to wrap up this uh, very uh, quickly put together show. So <laughs> we'll take a break and be right back, folks. Alright folks, we're back for the final segment and I just wanted to talk about one little uh, new film stock that I tried when I was in Florida. I've been starting to post uh, photos on Instagram uh, from that particular film. Uh, I took it in my K1000 SE, but it was the Lamography Lady Grey 400, and it's the first time I've shot that film. I took uh, some, you know, some kind of beach, like landscape shots with it, and also some family portraits with it. And, uh, you know, I like the film. I did develop it in D76 because that's what I had. I had a, I have a gallon of that mixed up. I'm trying to get through. Uh, I found it uh, quite grainy, which I don't have. I'm not opposed to grain. Uh, but I do think I really liked it for like the landscape shots that I took. Uh, for the portraits, I wasn't nearly as enthralled about it. And I, I kind of wished I'd taken those on a different film stock. Uh, it's very gritty, um, and I mean, I, for certain types of portraits, I think it would really, really work. Uh, but the, for these type of portraits, I, I don't think it really worked all that well. I mean, they're fine; I like them, but I do think another film stock would have worked better for that, uh, for those photos, for the portraits of some like it's kind of like some candid uh, family beach portraits, uh, and just kind of a little bit too gritty for that kind of environment. Like maybe in certain like. I don't know, city street portraits or like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe maybe it would work better if you were looking for that really gritty look. Uh, but again, I did really like it for like landscapes and, and stuff like that. But uh, for portraits, I just found it a little too grainy and a little too gritty for the type of portraits I was trying to do. Uh, again, it might have been my developer choice. Maybe D76 isn't the best uh, developer for Lamography Lady Grey 400. Uh, would I shoot it again? I think yes, in the right situation. I would probably shoot it again if I want that kind of gritty look, and I would certainly wouldn't have a problem. I think it would work really well with like urban landscapes or uh, the kind of st- or like old vintage signs that I like to take. I think I could I could dig it for that. Uh, but as far as like trying to take like candid portraits with it, um, maybe maybe not so much. But you know, it's just uh, hey, you know different strokes for different folks right it's nice to have a lot of film stocks out there uh i don't have any idea what this film actually was i don't think it was any sort of there was rumors that lady gray at one point was t-max films relabeled but this is definitely not any t-max film so i'm guessing maybe foma or something i'm not i'm not really sure uh what what exactly this role was because it was a kind of a loose row it didn't have like a box with it that said where it was manufactured so it's really kind of hard for me to tell where this particular role of lady gray 400 was actually uh, who actually made it which is sometimes a problem with the lamography films I, i love a lot of their films but sometimes i just like to know what the actual stock is so i know what to expect and maybe uh you know kind of uh you know you know prepare or use that stock for the right 
uh, situations. But I mean, I did get some photos I liked out of it. Uh, most of those have been going on my uh, my personal Instagram account, which is like Gutterman Mike or whatever. I generally put my family portraits, my family stuff, my general everyday life stuff on Gutterman Mike on Instagram. Uh, I know it's a lot of people will kind of. Uh, I guess look me up and find that account and think that's my account, but that's mostly just my personal account that I I just put like family uh, snapshots on or whatever. Uh, my actual like artsy fartsy stuff is on Gutterman Photo, and uh, so just uh, letting you guys know if you're following one account and don't understand why all you see is like family portraits, it's because uh, you're on my personal account uh, at Gutterman Mike, but. Gutterman photos where I put the, the artsy, the artsy fartsy stuff. So, uh, but, uh, so, but yeah, I know I have some, uh, I'll have some Lady Grey, uh, 400, um, artsy fartsy shots uh, that'll pop up on my Gutterman Mike account or my Gutterman photo account. Sorry. Uh, at some point soon as well, because, uh, uh, I typically only post like one photo a day on Instagram to each account, one to my personal account of like family shots and one to my artsy fartsy account of other shots. And I just feel like, uh, you know, try not to flood people's feed with uh, a bunch of uh, uh, shots every day. So I just try to do about one a day. So it takes me a long time. Sometimes it might be three months before a photo I shot actually makes it to Instagram because I kind of have this one photo a day per account kind of thing that I like to do. Uh, I just don't like to flood people's feeds with uh, with my, my photos. Just something that I do. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Okay, well, this has been a quick uh, hitter, and uh, hopefully this uh, this will be a decent show. I had to throw together last minute, so sorry about that. Uh, I was a little unprepared. but Okay, uh, you can see my photography at Gutterman Photo on Instagram, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. You can email this show at negpositives at gmail.com. That's where you want to send your call-in camera views or whatever else you want to talk about and, and uh, that we can put on the show. Uh, let's see. You can uh, join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And you can. we also have an Instagram account uh, for the show, Negative Positives. That's mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you uh, submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag negative positives. And maybe Bryce will find it and highlight it on the negative positives account for all of us to see. Okay, everybody have a great weekend. And we will talk to you on the Monday show, which we are going to have uh, uh, Wendy Gunderson on for the Monday show. So uh, uh, look forward to that. And I will be posting a thing on the Facebook group to ask questions and topics of Wendy uh, probably like right now so (laughs) but that will be the uh, the Monday night show that will come out Tuesday morning so everybody have a great weekend everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos Gutter Man Cave Production!